0: Uh, we're going to talk about infinite banking today, right? Yeah, so we're sure. Going to talk about, uh, you know, I, I, well, and the reason is, and I, it's for, for my audience too. But I've heard of this concept. I know nothing about it, and I'm curious as hell. <laughs> All right. right. And so, you know, you're going to be my sage, and uh, and and the sage for the whole audience in this concept of like of what this is. So sounds good. So I'll I'll do a quick intro of you, my friend. Okay welcome to this episode of the amplifier podcast everyone and today i have a fellow edmontonian on the show with me mr jason lowe Uh, jason is a new friend of mine we've met over the last six months because we're in a couple of uh mastermind groups together specifically joe polish's genius network and uh and jason and i have been planning to try to connect and uh what better way to connect than to do it with everyone who's listening why not I'm a, I'm an, I'm a high, high quick start and I'm a multiplier. So if I'm gonna have a chat with one of my friends, I might as well share it with the whole world. Jason is the founder of Ascendant Financial. He's a visionary and he is a gifted leader. Jason has 22 years of experience and is highly regarded as a coach, a speaker and an advisor to individuals and business owners nationwide. Jason leads a team of professionals highly sought after for their strong belief and commitment to the process of becoming your own banker developed by the late R. Nelson Nash. This is evident in all areas of Ascendant Financial and its successful process, which works to help people achieve financial prosperity, in both their personal and their business lives. Jason has worked closely with accountants, lawyers and strategic partners to provide unique and unrivaled solutions to help maximize his clients wealth. He is recognized as one of Canada's top overall advisors, author of several publications and co-author of The Banker's Secret, a simple guide to creating personal wealth for Canadians. Jason is internationally recognized as one of the, the leading educators and implementers of the become, Becoming Your Own Banker, the Infinite Banking Concept. He's also been in life insurance for 11 years and, uh, and is well known for he's educating of his clients and personal practices in this infinite banking concept for over a decade. If you're in Canada, and particularly if you're in Alberta and Ontario, you likely have heard Jason being interviewed on a variety of the chorus network radio stations. Um, Now for me personally, I'm going to tell you, you need to check out Jason's LinkedIn profile because his coaching videos are top class. I really personally love watching and listening to Jason's advice. Uh, A lot of his ideas are ideas that I have as well, but I actually don't like listening to myself, so I love listening to him, and he's actually smarter than me. So um, so that's really important. Equally, in something that Jason and I both have in common is near and dear to both of our hearts are children's charities uh, and nonprofits to have, provide food, shelter, and spiritual guidance to the less fortunate. I uh, hope that we're going to talk a little bit about that as well. Yeah. Jason, welcome to the show, my friend.
1: Uh, thank you, Don. Thank you for having me. It's, it's really good to be with you, sincerely.
0: Yeah, no, I've been looking forward to this ever since we talked about it in July or August for you to come on the show and just getting the schedules aligned for you to come on <laughs> here. So, um, yeah. and, you know, and as uh, as I was getting ready for you to come on the show, I've been looking at more of your information and particularly, I mean, I watch all of your videos because I think you you have these great, you, you, you produce these great little sound bites of wisdom that I think everyone should hear. Um, but I particularly pay attention to, when you're talking about this idea of become your own banker, because I'm like, what the heck is that? And you know, and so that's my first question, Jason, is what the heck is this idea of becoming your own banker, this infinite banking concept? I uh, thank you. thank you for asking. I, I, I am I am as novice as all of the listeners, and I'm super curious.
1: Okay, well I appreciate you asking. And uh, the the essence of becoming your own banker, first and foremost, is that it's a process. So. The essence is to recapture the money, the interest, the dollars that you're presently paying to banks, credit card companies, finance companies, money that's flowing away from your family or your business for all those things that you need to take care of, your personal overhead, your corporate overhead. If you think of, just to give you a, a good thought starter, so whenever you purchase something, doesn't matter what it is, the moment that that transaction is, is completed, you've you've acquired what it is you wanted to buy, agree? But someone else got all your money and you can't earn interest on that money ever again. You can't use that money ever again. It's not only a permanent transfer of that money away from you, but it's also permanently transferred away from every future generation that comes after you. One of the most common, um, I guess, examples that really resonates with people, Don, is that if you think about but, you know, most people need the use of a car. And they're there if I was to cover 99.9% of the Canadian car buying public, they're either going to pay cash, lease, or finance. If you pay cash, you got to save money inside of someone else's bank. I say that again, someone else's bank. And when you save money in someone else's bank, do you believe that that bank is letting that money sit still? Not for a chance. Not, not for can't. a moment. No. They can't. They're using you them. gotta keep money in motion, right? Think about think about water. If you've ever seen a body of stagnant water that isn't in motion, would you ever drink or eat anything that came out of that water? Not at all. This is all about motion. So whomever controls the motion of the money accumulates and more importantly, keeps the wealth. So paying cash for something, you've got to save, then you have to deplete your savings to go buy the car. You got the car, the money that you handed over to the car dealer to get it ends up right back in the same banking system that you took the money out of. But you no longer have control over the use of that money, but you've got the car. If you it's lease only, it,
0: it, it's all, it, it's literally only in transition for moments.
1: Right, that's it. Yeah. Here's the key teaching moment there. Someone or some organization has control over a pool of money that must flow at a cost. To meet your needs my needs and everyone else's needs and somewhere along the way that money flows through your hands and my hands but it ends up right back into the banking system now if you lease the car that's even worse because that's a no purchase payment plan all you're doing is making payments for something that you never own so the question to ask yourself is did the person who bought the car that you're leasing are they dumb <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right They know that the the value is in the stream of payments. And then if you finance it, you've got to qualify for the financing. So you have to go through a process to get approved, to access someone else's pile of money. You get the car, but again, every payment that you're making is someone else's passive income. So if you're able to become your own banker as it relates to this transaction and every other financial transaction in your life, The way to do that is to first recognize that what I just described to you is a problem. And if a person doesn't recognize that transferring all their money away from their family and business is a problem, then the process of becoming your own banker is a solution that just won't matter to them. So you've got to recognize first that there's a problem and the problem is banking. You earn money. You, me, all of us, all of your listeners and viewers and that money comes in the form of T4 income, dividends, interest, rental income, whatever that source may be. But isn't it true that presently all of that money is flowing through the books of someone else's bank?
0: Yeah, unless unless you have uh, uh, a coffee can with your cash <laughs> sitting, you know, buried uh, underneath your bed, underneath yeah. your mattress, um, or uh, buried in the backyard, it's likely sitting in someone else's bank.
1: Precisely. And... Yep. We're in the biggest financial mess that we've ever been in on planet Earth because of central banks. And so to to take control of this function, you first need a tool and then you need a process. And that tool is dividend paying, participating whole life insurance. People normally fall out of their chair when they hear that because nobody's told them that before. Whenever you think about this type of insurance contract, you immediately think of dying. Hey, the only way that I'm going to benefit is by dying or you've you've heard the expression I'm worth more dead than I am alive. If I have all this life insurance. Yeah. But with this particular type of life insurance, this particular type is participating dividend paying and it accumulates what's called cash value on a daily basis. So I want you to envision, if your viewers and listeners can picture this, an empty aquarium. So on day one, the aquarium's empty. On day two, the aquarium begins to fill up, in this case, with money. On day three, it fills up with more. Day four, day five, day six, et cetera. This tool has contractually guaranteed daily growth, regardless of pandemics, regardless of government interventions, regardless of temperamental stock markets or Uh, real estate cycles or economies receding or expanding. This aquarium is filling up with capital every single day. There's a death benefit thrown in for good measure. Heaven forbid, if you passed away on day two, there would be a massive windfall of tax-free money that shows up when it's needed the most. But presuming that you're going to live a long time and that your need for financing throughout your lifetime far exceeds your need for death benefit protection, this aquarium now becomes your source of ready access capital for opportunities that track you down. So I'll give you an example. Let's take the car. What would you pay for a car, Don, if you were to buy one today? Just Well, well
0: you know, we, I, we drive sort of high-end Ford vehicles, which is okay. out of habit. I, I drive a pickup truck that's got all the bells and whistles and my wife drives an ex- expedition. So I'm guessing they are, I don't know, $80,000, $90,000 vehicles.
1: Okay, great. So let's use that as an example. Let's say we wanted to go out and purchase a $90,000 vehicle. And inside of our aquarium, we've accumulated $100,000 of cash value. So we've got $100,000 sitting in this aquarium. Now, if I take $90,000 out of the aquarium to go buy the car, and I look inside the aquarium that same evening, I've only got $10,000 in there, agreed? Because I took $90,000 out. Yep, makes sense. The the insurance company, because I own this policy, I become a co owner of the insurance company. Mm -hmm. I can borrow against my aquarium of capital without having any of it come out. So the insurance company looks inside the aquarium and says, Don, you've got a hundred thousand in there. Now we're going to lend to you ninety thousand. We can't ask you what you need it for, how long you need it for. We don't ask if you're working, earning an income. There's no credit checks. There's no income verification. This is a private loan that it has, it's contractually guaranteed. And you, Don, you control the repayment schedule of the loan. No one else. The moment that the insurance company gives you the $90,000 to buy the car, the insurance company places a lien on your death benefit for the loan balance. Your aquarium had 100,000 in it, how much does it have in it after you got 90,000 from the insurance company?
0: I'm guessing the aquarium still has $100,000 in it.
1: You got it. And so when you are driving the car the very next day, your aquarium fills up with more money. The reason is this, the insurance company contractually guarantees that the total cash value, your aquarium, must grow on a daily basis to match the total death benefit by age 100 of the life that is insured. So, Don, you're the life that is insured. You're the policy owner. You have ready access capital on demand on your terms. And when you're out there taking care of all those things that you need financially, what's happening to your aquarium of capital every day? Sounds like it's growing. It has to. Yeah. And- so whether
0: you know, so if you if you buy a policy or buy this type of a program, whether it's a million dollar death benefit or a ten million dollar death benefit, yeah. you're already committing to whatever the premiums are anyway. That's right, right. And so this that part is your obligation in this instrument. You and got it. The, but because it's a guaranteed uh, value whole life fund you get the the ability to borrow against it. I I, I this is an interesting idea and I and, and I understand this more and I've I've had um uh, my coach Dan Sullivan talking about this. I think you I think you work with Dan as well. Yeah. Uh, and I heard him talking about this a little bit uh but not not the way that you've described it. And so this so how does the, uh, when you borrow against your own money, because you're, you're borrowing against your own money and then they're leaning against the death benefit, so they've, they're guaranteed no loss. That's right. What, how's the
1: interest piece work? Really, really good payment. question. Really good question. So you're now a co-owner of this life insurance company. Right. And the, the policy itself is participating. So what that means is that you participate In the divisible profit generated by the life insurance company from every line of business that they operate in, term insurance, critical illness, group employment benefits, savings and retirement programs, critical illness, disability insurance, universal life, whole life, everything that the life insurance company does that produces revenue Mm -hmm. and then produces profit, you participate in that divisible surplus in the form of dividends. Gotcha. When you access a policy loan, simple interest, and again, i, I, I got to emphasize that, simple interest begins to accrue on that policy loan balance. Capital has a cost. Agreed? Absolutely. But when you repay that policy loan on your terms, not only are you contributing to the net earnings of the very same business that you co-own, you're increasing your contribution, which means you're increasing your share of the visible surplus. Right. But because your aquarium was growing uninterrupted every single day, you get to re-access everything you put back in. Hmm. And so I want you to think about this just for a second. If you and I co-owned a Safeway grocery store together,
0: mm-hmm.
1: would either of us ever buy our food anywhere else? I would hope not, not at all. And when we now, because you and I co-own the Safeway grocery store together, we can easily put food into our cart and walk out the back door. If we chose to do that, because we're the owners, right? We call the shots. If we walked out the back door with our food and we didn't pay retail, like everybody else does, what does that do to the profitability of our business? the
0: profitability of business. And
1: then if our employees saw you and I doing that, well, naturally they're going to think it's okay. And they're going to start doing the same damn thing. So we have to take care of it.
0: You're buying inventory. (laughs) No margin, no mission, right?
1: You got it. So this is a business. What you're doing by becoming your own banker is you're creating a a new business that didn't exist before. Mm -hmm. And so when you access policy loans... You have to have a plan to repay them with interest gladly and happily because you know that you're increasing the financial strength of a business that you co-own. And that business supplies you with what you need. So instead of thinking about food, think about money. Everybody needs money. And so if we put more capital back into that business that can supply money to people, then we give our business more money to multiply.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And if we give the business more money to multiply, then go back to the grocery store, now we can put more product on the shelf. And what grocery store owner would ever complain about having more product available for more captive customers to buy? It's the very same with the life insurance company. Now, a fun fact for your listeners and viewers, commercial banks themselves, own what's called bank owned life insurance. So you can check with Uncle Google and go in and check that out and see what that's all about.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's a tier one asset to a commercial bank. They own more of that bank owned life insurance than all their real estate assets combined. So either those commercial banks are really stupid in making their stockholders really wealthy or they know something that you and I don't. Which one do you think it is? Isn't
0: that good? No, I, it's great. I mean, I, you know, and, and, and in that same tier, you know, when you go to your bank and whether it's your mortgage or your car payment or whatever, they are happy to sell you insurance.
1: Oh, God, all day long. But I'll tell you something.
0: But, but it's the worst kind of insurance because it's declining value insurance.
1: Right. And so I'll tell you this. Back in, oh, my God, this is uh, in my journey now. And uh, thank you so much for the kind introduction. You know, I'm in my 14th year in specializing in this process now, and Mm. my team uh, is uh, growing rapidly. We, We are busier than we've ever been. And it's all due to what the late R. Nelson Nash developed and pioneered. My mentor, who I was blessed beyond the definition of good fortune to be mentored by for so many years, he used to say quite often that everyone should be in two businesses. They should be in the business that provides them with their living, their income, and they should be in the business of banking because someone must control that function of banking as it relates to your needs. There are no exceptions, but that person should be you. Mm -hmm. And so incrementally over a period of time, as you begin to take control of more of this function, as it relates to your needs, the more peaceful and stress-free it is in your life and not having to rely upon a commercial bank for anything other than the convenience of debit is a very peaceful, stress-free way of life. Mm -hmm. It doesn't happen overnight. This is meant to get done incrementally over a period of time. You can't go out and just get one policy and make this work. We have 61 policies in our family banking system and my premiums are 508,000 a year. That's not where I started. My first policy with my wife and I, I think we, cumulatively, it was like $1,400 a month. And that was back in 08. That's what we could do then. Mm -hmm. But as more money's coming back, think about this, Don. Your family needs money, agreed?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So think about your existing, your immediate family, your extended family. They're all driving vehicles that they're financing, living in homes that are mortgaged, carrying around purses and wallets that have credit cards. They might have... um, you know, personal lines of credit or loans, every payment is going in the wrong direction. It's leaving the family. If you can build this to the point that we've done, we finance those things that family members need. So where's, what's the flow now? The stream of money is doing what? It's coming back back to the family. And the reason that the, the, uh just to reference, you know, the, the average middle class family, if, if I may just make that reference, the reason why the majority don't know about this is because when we were growing up, you can relate to this, I'm sure. You've heard at some point, your immediate family saying something like, Don, one day you're going to move out of the house. You're going to start your own family. You're going to have your own bills. You're going to have your own financial obligations. And then you'll really understand. The wealthy don't talk that way. Yeah. The wealthy say, let's circle the wagons. Let's keep the money in the family. We don't m- want the money leaving the family. That's not bad or, or wrong. Or if you had the choice, any logical person, let, let's just talk about logic and motivation. Is this logical? Is it logical to take control of this function as it relates to your needs? Absolutely. Are you motivated? Totally, to totally logical.
0: And ninety nine point nine 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 percent of everyone listening, particularly you know, if you grew up like I did, in in uh, a lower middle class family where my parents just had to work to pay the bills,
1: yeah, the
0: bank was the source of the money. That's right. Right, and it was the source of do I decide to take on a payment to get that new whatever? Right.
1: I want you to think about this and your listeners as well in addition to what you just said, because you made a very, very important point. So when you earn your income, regardless of the source, and that money flows through the books of someone else's bank, and then you need access to capital, where do you need to go to get it? Back to them. Someone else's bank. It's absurd. Yep. So you may have been doing all the things that mainstream has been telling you to do financially. But ask yourself, if the minority of people in the world are accumulating and controlling the wealth, then why do the, we continue to do what the majority do financially? Yep. There's got to be a better way. And this is it. Hands down, I haven't had a single client call me once in 14 years to say, I'm really pissed off that my cash value keeps rising every day. It's really bothering me. And I'm so frustrated that I have capital on demand on my terms when an opportunity tracks me down because guess what happens when you have ready access capital opportunity will track you down yeah and so much like yourself i grew up in a family uh, you know my my parents on the other hand argued about money all the time i grew up during that period in the early i, 19- I,
0: I had the same situation up to up to a a a definitive point um, my father died when I was 13 and there was no more arguing about the money because 60% of the family's income evaporated.
1: Oh, I'm sorry for your loss. I lost my dad when oh, I was that, that's 30,
0: 34, 35 years ago. But you know, I remember before that, my parents always struggled with money Yeah, and it was you know, paycheck to paycheck and trying to figure out, can we afford that car payment? Or can can we afford to take the kids on a holiday at some point? It, 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 it was you know it was uh hand to mouth sort of we, we weren't poor but we weren't we, we weren't uh, in any way affluent to be able to make the kinds of decisions that i can make in a moment to say let's go somewhere and do something or whatever all
1: yeah. that sort of
0: stuff right but i
1: you know um i didn't have anyone to teach me about money i had no no, no mentors no mentors who could say listen you know, it's not about what you make. It's about how much you keep and how long you keep it for. And those things that maybe most, if not all your listeners and viewers have heard at some point, but you need a good coach. You need somebody who, who has achieved what maybe you're setting out to achieve financially in your life and who can help you along that journey. And when I began uh, my journey and being mentored uh, by Nelson, it changed my life. It, it completely transformed my life. and. He was such a brilliant teacher. He never gave you the answers. He showed you how to find them. And that that really um, motivated me to rethink my thinking because that's really what he was wanting to get achieved is to say, listen, everything begins with the way that you're thinking. And so if you want to open your eyes to this whole new financial world, you've got to change the way that you think because we've been conditioned that we need to rely upon someone else's bank, that we we need to leave our money because your money must reside somewhere. That's a fact, it has to reside somewhere. What better place to have it reside than here when you're in a position of total and absolute control? And if the commercial banks are not using stock share capital to go and invest in the stock market and to invest in mutual funds, but yet they're buying truckloads of bank owned life insurance, which is dividend paying participating whole life insurance, Um, shouldn't that send a very, very bright signal that they might be onto something?